American Redoubt Radio Operators Network and is a nationwide disaster preparedness network made up of patient-oriented radio operators. So, Amron phonetically, Alpha, Mike, Romeo, Romeo, Oscar, November. This is a directed net, so please hold any traffic until that control station calls for it. Any emergency traffic may break in at any time. Whether you're seasoned or new, this is the place for patriots, preppers, and partisans who understand the necessity of being able to receive and share information with others. When conventional communications are disrupted or compromised, grid up or grid down, this is Partisan Radio. Thank you all for joining us for Volume 7 of Partisan Radio. I want to remind you that T-Rex 2015, which will be Friday through Sunday, August 7th, 8th, and 9th, is a go. Uh, There are a couple of T-Rex promo videos that are available. If you go to amron.com and type in T-Rex promo or just T-Rex, you'll see those promotional videos, which will give you some insight into that training, that three-day training exercise that we will be doing heavy heavy emphasis on off-grid communications. Now I want to welcome all of you and thank, well, congratulate you who got licensed this week. Heard several reports of technician and general licenses. A few husband and wife comms teams out there now and some photos of Brand new antenna towers that just got put up. So some folks are making some great headway, and I want to uh, congratulate you for that. Uh, Before I get down any further, I want to let you know that uh, there is a chirp update for the Anytone radios. I'll be talking about the Anytone radios here in just a little bit. That is available that you're the daily build for the Anytone uh, chirp program. And that is the computer program for uh, programming your radios. It makes it so much nicer and easier. And if you don't have Chirp, I strongly recommend that you download it for pro- programming your Wuxuns, Baofengs, and Yesus, and Icoms, and many of the other radios. Uh, it's a great radio program. It is free for you to download, and I strongly recommend it. Congratulations this week. I believe we had this month, March. We had a record month with 710 check-ins this last month. 84% of those were hams, while 16% were CH3, Channel 3, CBFRS, or MERS. So that was really encouraging. And let's take a look at the numbers. In the 20-meter national nets, Looks like the state of Idaho came in at number one with uh, 12 check-ins. Wait, no, that's not right. 24 check-ins on just the 20-meter digital net. That's tied. Second place is tied between South Carolina, Texas, and Washington states. Third place actually is a five-way tie between Missouri, Minnesota, Georgia, California, and Arizona. So good job, guys. Thanks for training. That's just the 20-meter national nets. Very encouraging. 
And let's take in a look. Uh, their total HF nets, that's 20 meters, and your regional 40-meter nets. Idaho is number one with 64 check-ins. Florida, number two with 38 check-ins. Georgia, third place, 37 check-ins. Uh, you can go and see that uh, overview of the report for this more specific information to find out your state and the nets around you. Uh, you can, well, if you're a member, you obviously you use the member password to be able to access those more comprehensive reports so you can see how your state and your region is doing. For two-meter check-ins, uh, there was a total of 279 check-ins for two-meter and CH3, your channel three check-ins, with uh, 58 nets across the country reporting their net reports. But there's a schedule. There are 145 nets on the calendar on the roster, 145 nets with uh, 58 nets reporting. So that's only a 40% reporting. So we want to encourage you guys to get those net reports filled out and get them shot into us so we can keep track of our growth. So thank you, those of you who took the time to fill out your net reports and get those sent in. That's much appreciated. It helps all of us. A lot of hard work's been put into that. Let's talk a little bit about amateur radio news. The ARRL reports that sponsors of the 2015 Global Amateur Radio Emergency Conference, or GARIC 2015, have announced that the event has been canceled due to a lack of interest. Isn't that interesting? Uh, it was reported that registrations were too, too few and the decision was largely financial. GARIC 15 was set to mark its 10th anniversary this June in Temper, Finland, where the first Garrick was held. This is consistent with the trend that we see with the loss of interest in emergency communications. While Amron is growing exponentially, a lot of uh, individuals believe that this is attributed to some of the policies and decisions that uh, organizations that are influenced by Supporting government is just losing interest among the people. For the amateur radio newsline, another unlicensed broadcaster has been hit with a good-sized fine. Uh, this guy, Bill Pasternak, is... Uh, wait, he's the one that brought me the story. The FCC has imposed a penalty of $15,000 against Jose Alejandro... Alejandro... Aguilar. This is his for his alleged operation of an unlicensed radio station on the frequencies 87.5 and 99.5 megahertz in Louisville, Kentucky. So just a heads up, Black Echo Station rebroadcasting station operators, uh, keep it legal in a down situation where lives are at stake. You can always crank up the power, but uh, keep the power down so that you can continue to train and practice with your equipment and entertain your audience in close proximity. The commission says that it had previously warned Aguilar in writing that such operations are illegal. Well, apparently he snubbed his nose at them and didn't respond to anything. And so they move forward after repeated or previous warnings to 
uh, cease and desist, and he did not. So here's the other thing, too. Uh, if you get a cease and desist warning, then that's a pretty good time for you to stop cranking the power up. Keep it legal. Now let's talk about the Anytone series of radios real quick. There are spare batteries, chargers, and other accessories available for those now, finally. Despite the ongoing online discussions about the validity of the FCC licenses on those radios, with some claiming that the FCC numbers actually are for a completely different radio. And they're arguing that the radio is not in FCC compliance and that the company could face ramifications for selling the radio in U.S. markets if it is, in fact, proven that the radios are not in compliance. So I'm glad I got mine. Hopefully they can get that sorted out because it is a great radio with a lot of great features that are perfectly legal to use. Their concern is that you could program those with uh, part 97, part 90 frequencies on a part 97 setting and all this goobly gobbledygook that we let lawyers worry about. But uh, no, it's a great radio. I love the crossband repeating. I like uh, all the, the six band receiving. So it was good stuff. But just to let you know, there is a little bit of discussion going on about that on the internet. And uh, folks that are debating that right now, we'll see what the FCC has to say about that. I also want to remind you to check out the Northern Nevada Preppers Group. They upload the audio of those nets where they discuss a different topic each week related to self-reliance and preparedness. And it helps you uh, give you some insight as to what running a net on a repeater actually sounds like. And I do believe that is on a repeater. That's at nnpg.net. And also don't forget the Tapper Nets also talk about prepping topics on HF on the East Coast. And Delta 04 has a Podbean site, delta-04.podbean.com. We also have those linked. Uh, her debrief, her briefing from each of those nets are linked from amron.com. I want you to be able to listen to those. Now, a little tool that I want to help share. I want to help. There's a little tool that I want to share with you for grid up situations. Most all of us now have smartphones. Well, it's a love-hate thing because they're so smart that they tell everyone else, including the government, where you're at and what you're doing and what you're looking at and reports it, all your activity and so on and so forth. But uh, we also believe in hiding among all the white noise and everybody in the world has smartphones now. So you almost actually stand out if you don't have one. And there are things that you can do to be secure while you do have those. You can also turn off your tracking. You could put the electrical tape over the cameras. And you shouldn't be discussing anything you wouldn't want someone else to hear. So remove your cell phones. Put them in Faraday cages while you're having discussions about things you might not want somebody else to be listening to. Assume that they are listening because they can remotely turn those on now. The audio, the microphone, and the cameras. So keep that in mind. Uh, Leave it at home if you're going to go to certain meetings. And uh, consider having another flip phone or burner phone, which I will talk about in the very near future. 
There's a program called Wicker, W-I-C-K-R. There's no E. It is for secure encrypted texting. And you set it up with your own password. It is encrypted end to end. You can share your username with those within your group and your associates with whom you want to exchange secure encrypted messages. You can also set these to evaporate, burn, disintegrate. uh, Within, uh, You can customize the time uh, for that message to last. So even if your phone was gotten hold of and they were able to break your password and get in, the messages are completely wiped out after a certain time that you can customize. Now, that's a grid up situation. It uses the networks. It uses Wi-Fi or data and the cellular phone tower systems. So the grid must be up for you to be able to use that. There's another one that I want to pass on to you guys. It's called FireChat. I've used this and actually Mrs. Schmidt and I each have this along with a few other people that are in our close inner circle. Because if you're traveling somewhere, these require no service, no cell phone towers required. And in fact, this came to mind or this came to my attention when there were riots going on in China and the government was responding by shutting down all the cell phone towers because they were tweeting and Facebooking and using other social media tools to stay in touch with each other so that they could stay organized, talking about they, the protesters. The Chinese government caught on to this, and they decided it was time to flip the switch and throw all of these people into the dark so they couldn't communicate and coordinate and try to take their command and control. But what caught on really quick is this app called FireChat. FireChat is a phone-to-phone mesh network that works within hundreds of feet. Anybody signed on to FireChat on the same channel that you establish can bounce off of each other's phones and use them as a mesh network. So you need to get a hold of your wife and there is a friend of yours that is in between you and you're all 200 feet away from each other or 500 feet away from each other. You could send a text to your wife a thousand feet away beyond the cell phone range and you are using your friend's cell phone as part of that mesh network. And if you have a large group or any sizable group of people, or if there's just two of you, you could be at a mall, you could be at a ball game, you could be at some public event when something happens to the local communications infrastructure You can go to that. It requires no operating service. It immediately turns into a mesh network. So you can still communicate. Uh, Experiment with that. Play with that. You can use it camping, hiking, or in a crowded area, or an area where, for some reason, the cell phone tower systems or Wi-Fi is not accessible. It's called Fire Chat. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we had a little training exercise. We are not going to be doing one this week. I'm going to be working on some other unique training uh, exercises that we'll be doing coming up. But last week, from our exercise last week, 
we had two weeks ago. We had a Voice of America radiogram, which was actually a photograph that was sent over HF. It was a picture. This is a picture of someone's arm and hand holding a bird in their hand. Now, when I received it, it was grainy and it was all pixelated in some areas and there was lines going through it. It was not a high quality picture, but I also got it from thousands of miles away over the radio. And so I have this picture. I saved the picture as a JPEG and I retransmitted it and made the audio file using a digital mode a couple of weeks ago that you all were able to listen to, decode, and actually open up that picture from the audio file that I saved. Good training. Well, we made that a contest. We're going to be giving away a loadedpantshanger.com pistol hanger so you can hide your handgun in plain sight. It's a brilliant actually and these folks have been so gracious that they've donated one for us to give away and the winner is winner winner the winner is charlie romeo 01 code name charlie romeo 01 we have the coupon we will send it to you i will email you and coordinate that so that uh, you can let me know which drop mail you want me to send that to. And then you'll be able to redeem that by contacting them directly. It's uh, handwritten by them on their uh, information flyer. So they'll know that it's you. So good job. Now, before we close up, there's a question and answer session here. And I'm going to cover two of them. Question, a small group is trying to set up two-way communications across an area with a radius of about 60 miles. They want decent, reliable radio communications, emphasizing quality over cost, but not overkill. Where do they start? Looking for radio and antenna suggestions, licensing requirements, or any suggestions. Thanks. Okay, the phrase quality over cost, but not overkill is a very subjective term. What would be overkill for you might not be for someone else and vice versa. There are different variables that are involved, regardless of the cost and how far you want to go. The variables are terrain, geography. In other words, can the party in the middle reach everyone on a radio? Uh, How elevated are you? Do you have line of sight or do you live among mountains where you have a thousand foot tall mountain in between each person in the party? Uh, Can one person hit everyone, but no one else can hit anyone but this one individual in the center who might have to act as a relay? Uh, Is one of your group willing to put an antenna on your property, or can you? This is almost something that would be handled like on a personal consulting level because, uh, because of all of the various different variables. There are a couple options that you could use for keeping a group of people together who are separated by a radius of about 60 miles. There's amateur radio, and then there's commercial or business bands. So let's talk about the difference. The amateur radio and commercial business band radios both require licenses. The commercial radio, they each have pros and cons. Commercial business radio is fairly easy to get, and it is fairly affordable. It's not real cheap. 
I have to, you know, I have to double check. I believe, I believe that the company that I worked with most recently or spoke to who got radios, it was, uh, I think it was a $250. They mentioned $250 and I thought it was for the license. That will license anybody in your group to use those radios under your business band license. And the other plus is with commercial business bands, you can legally use encryption. Now, the drawback is you don't have much lateral movement because you are usually issued one or two or three or four frequencies for your business. And it's usually one and sometimes two frequencies. You have to pay for those, for the licensing of those. And then those are the only two channels, frequencies, that you can use legally. And with commercial business band radios, there are repeaters and there are companies that service those repeaters and they charge you a small fee for being able to use their access, their repeaters, and they'll get you all set up. That will give you the ability to have a 60 mile radius with encrypted communications, but you're very limited to those communications. And you're also at the mercy of that repeater uh, unless unless you are uh, in simplex range Uh, where you can reach each other radio to radio without any blockages. Now, amateur radio, the license is $15 for you to take your exam. The license is not $15. It costs $15 for you to take your exam. It's good for 10 years. And you can use all of the frequencies of wide UHF, VHF, and HF, depending on your license class. And that is a whole Pandora's box that I cannot go into at this time, other than to let you know that I would recommend, in your case, going with HF. When I'm thinking 60-mile radius, I'm just going to go HF. There is a license required for that. You'll need a general class ham license, and you're also going to have to plan on, at minimum, $1,000 for each station, each party, to get your comms up. That will give you HF communications with not just you, but the rest of the world or other hams. And let's look at the next question. I know there's, there's, I can make this a 30 minute answer because there's so many things involved there. Specific questions, let me know and I will try to answer those or I will find someone who can. But there's my answer. I would go HF. I wouldn't worry about repeaters. Uh, unless you have simplex uh, connection with uh, the members in your party. Any recommendation for first shortwave radio with single sideband? Yes. There are two models that I recommend. They're both made by TechSun. The PL660 and the PL880. That's 660 and 880. Both of them are under $200. Uh, The 660 runs about $120, and the 880 runs about $170, give or take. Both of those perform very well for their price range uh, of radios, but from there, it's about the antenna. The reception reports that we get, probably, I would say, even though it's the cheaper radio, the PL660 uh, seems to be a better performer but you don't have as many fine-tuning controls as you do on the 880, but the 660 still seems to perform better for pulling signals in. You're going to need an antenna outside and as high as you can get it 
to get the best performance out of it. Still, we're talking about a, a radio under $200. You can spend $500 to 1000 to the sky's the limit on high-quality shortwave receivers. But there's a little testimony about an Amron operator in Oregon who bought a shortwave radio for T-Rex 2014. She was excited and ecstatic that she was receiving digital communications and even heard some voice. But she knew that she was missing out on a lot with her shortwave radio, as well as it did. But she knew there was a lot more communications going on that she was missing out on because of the quality of her radio. So she decided to upgrade. Well, when you upgrade to a higher quality shortwave receiver, you're looking at the $500, $700, or even $1,000 price range. Well, at that price range, she thought, well, I may as well get a trans transceiver. So I've got the high quality radio for receiving, and in emergencies, I could transmit. Well, once she got that set up, she had a full-blown ham radio. And then it bothered her that she could listen but she couldn't transmit and she wanted to be able to talk to people and couldn't practice doing that. So she went and she got her license. <laughs> and then uh, a little while later, she realized with only her tech license, she was missing out on being able to talk to people on HF, on shortwave. So she upgraded to general. And that was her journey. And we've seen that so many times with folks. Uh, but to start off with, your Texan models of your shortwave receivers will do a good job for you. Send your questions to uh, John Jacob at RadioFreeRedoubt.com. And that's all we have for this week. We'll get it all wrapped up. We've got a lot of great training coming up. And I just want to invite you to join us all. And if you're not already a member of Amron, then I want to encourage you to check that out. Go to Amron, www.amron.com to learn more. In closing, I am John Jacob Schmidt, 73. As ready, trained communicators, right up to the present time, radio hams have been busy every single minute. The ever-increasing group of radio amateurs who have equipped themselves at their own expense with two-way radio sets by amateurs who saw their opportunity to render a public service and paid off for Americans in trouble.